Okay, question for Christy from yeah. I'm as as one of the shark taints. Yep. Is mm-hmm. that what I am? Am I a you shark? Are. No, or I'm no, a, shark you're a shark in a taint? You're a shark. Okay, I'm yeah. a shark. Yeah. So I have a question as a shark. Um, before I can support you, are you? Let me just clarify. You have to start. You, you say your evaluations all over the place. Okay. It's insane, honestly. That's right. Are yeah. you requesting that the same printing approach? <laughs> given to the words of the Lord and Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, should be applied to detailed diglets. Is that what you're saying? Hello and welcome to episode number 489 of the podcast. I'm your host, Max McCoy. And I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to delightful idiocy. We're committed to educating you on things that entertain but do not matter. To find out more about these uh, librarist pursuits, uh, check us out at noxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at the podcast. And we're on Twitter, still on Twitter at PopcastPod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be talking the nose of books. But before we do that, guys, time is almost up. As you may have heard throughout this month that A, I'm ready to Pringle and Mingle. B, Knox predicted the secret twist in MILF Manor. And C, we announced some really fun additions to our Patreon community, including two brand new pilot program episodes for The Last of Us on HBO and the aforementioned MILF Manor. And this week, our January Cinema Side Piece episode comes out on Friday, January 27th. Easy hint. You ain't no meat. <laughs> we have luck. In January, if you sign up for an annual subscription to be a best friend of the show, first, you will get a month free. Second, all our annual subscribers will get access to cinema side pieces on all eight Harry Potter films. Now, these deep dives included me and Knox and Aaron. It was the first time I'd ever seen the films or experienced Harry Potter at all. And we had the best time. So if you're already a BFOTS annual subscriber or you become a BFOTS annual subscriber by January 31st, then you will receive a code to get all eight hours of Harry Potter recapping goodness downloaded straight to the device of your choice. But after January 31st, they go into the vault. They will mm. not come back out, okay? Simply click the link in the show notes or visit noxtojamie.com slash annual to sign up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, Jamie, let's do some nose of books. I'm so excited because I feel like this has been percolating. I think this is a great time to talk about some nose of books, not just like in general for the culture, but also maybe just so happens we were on like a book adjacent podcast. I know. So friend of the show, Ann Bogle, who hosts the wildly popular What Should I Read Next podcast, which which is all about reading and it's a delight. She invited us on to be the guest for her seventh birthday celebration, where we talked three things we love and one thing we hate about podcasting. We also shared our green lights and red lights of reading. We'll include a link in the show notes and you can go listen and hear how other people have to deal with us when they invite us uh, to their home. It, <laughs> I felt for her editor, truly, truly. We are chaotic at best, so. It was a tough hang probably for the editor, but uh, they all did a good job. We were happy to be there. So we thought in the spirit of that episode, 
maybe we should do our own kind of nose of books episode. So we're, you know, sometimes we do like, I've got six nose I want to do first, then you've got six dudes. Let's do that. We don't have, the, the readers were so, or the listeners were so good and they have so many nose that we thought, let's prioritize that. Like, let's just get right into some of these rapid notes. Let's just go. So up first is Kristen Joy too, who said, the miscommunication or no communication trope. If the whole plot can be solved by one conversation, I don't want to read it. Listen, I love a slow burn of saying all the things, but the main thing. Like, will now even especially like? Are you spin zoning this? You listen, like this? Hear me out. Hear me out. You like so, you like so a book that if one one text message fixes the book, that's what you're that's what you're saying no, right now. It's because sometimes I like it that they ha- finally have SEX, and yeah. then they're af- in the in the morning afterglow. They're like they're thinking in their heads, should I tell him the secret that I've been keeping? And I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> Just never tell him. <laughs> Yeah, just like so, uh, a book that's like I we can't get together because you're my sister, and they know that she's not no, his wait, sister. Not that kind of secret. But she no. can just be like, "Hey, I'm not your sister." In the end, everybody lives happily ever after. No, but we you're are like, no, an- let's drag it out. Let's we go are anti incest unless Incredible. it's on Game of Thrones, and only yeah. then a little. Like, is that a fair a little... thing that you think you can say accurately? Because I just don't think that's a fair thing that you've ever reflected on this show. Uh, well, it's uh, incest as as a spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you. Thank you for the clear the clarification. I'm just saying, is what like I was your fourth for. cousin. Listen, we have presidents. You have a president that served four terms. That Why are married you his at me? first cousin. I, I didn't. I didn't I'm vote just saying, for you talk about FDR. He married his cousin. I don't know what to tell you. Sure. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay. Val underscore Rose one says big no to books with little blurs of praise on the back instead of a summary. I don't care what some reviewer thought of it. Tell me what the freaking book is about. Amen. Thank you, God. This is so listen, true. Okay, all of us, all three of us, have written endorsements for books, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what I will say. Like, I do want to know, I don't understand why they do that on the back of the book. Why, where I got to scroll down or like open, the, I got to open the, the, the front, pe- like front cover. I don't know. Talk what about called. books a lot, huh? I, <laughs> <laughs> I got to open the book and be like, I got to read this one column of a lot of text. Just put it on the back. That's what we're looking for. I don't want to open the book. But also endorsements. I, I've made a statement that I won't do endorsements anymore, even for people I love. Yeah. Like I can't endorsements are advertisements for That's books. Right. You can't believe them. You cannot they're either believe repaying them. a favor or yeah. they're setting up a future favor. Just know that. That's right. And uh, guys, if you don't know this and Knox has published two books, we shopped a book. We got three offers. They were six figures. We turned it down. I'm so glad we did that. But endorsements do not mean the endorser has read that book. No. Remember that. Sometimes the publisher or even the author. I know an author who wrote three of her own endorsements and then put people's names on them. What? Yeah. Yes. And That's so you gotta do it. Just just a heads up. Yeah. Also, if 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 like if your book, if your like romantic comedy adjacent book has a blur from Stephen King that says this made my heart sore. Okay. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Do I want that to happen with Stephen King? Now you've complicated the experience. Just tell me about the story. Trust me. I'll make a good decision. Thank you. That's right. Okay. Up next, we have Steph McGee, who said, books that have uneven page edges, like they were burned and saved in 1819 and rebound in 2023. I'm not stupid. I know this book wasn't printed on Dickens' personal stationery. Yeah. Listen, DC Talks, Jesus Freaks. Jesus you got me on this one. That's I was like, dang, I feel like Paul held this probably, you know? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> Why, it is funny that books, that there was a season, it felt like, in the early aughts where that was a very popular move. Yeah. To be like, oh, no, this feels ancient. Yeah, this ancient. is scorched. This almost got lit up by fire, like it's in Florida or something. But now it's here with me, and I'm reading it. That's pretty cool. That's good stuff. Uh, Elizabeth King 214 says, also, children's picture books that take more than five minutes to read. Publishers know parents are reading these at bedtime for the love Short and simple with nice pictures is all we need. Look, you can do pages with primarily pictures or pages with primarily text. You cannot do both. And and you definitely can't shift formats halfway through. You can't be like eight words a page, eight words a page, 800 words a page. That's ridiculous. The biggest offender of this, Berenstain Bears. They will do like, they have pictures, but then it's also 800 words on a page. So yeah. it takes four hours to read a book. And also while we're here, they made the dad into such a chud. The dad yeah. is such a dumb idiot. He's always it, like, Mama Bear, where's my butt? I'm but, stupid. I'm the big dummy. <laughs> but maybe he doesn't know where his butt is. Maybe he doesn't. But that's not what I want to read about. That's not what I, I, my kids read about. You think he's asking Mama Berenstain, where's my butt? That that's like him flirting. She has like a muumuu on and like yeah. a shower cap. So I don't know that anybody's closing anything. <laughs> she's on a bonnet. 
okay. Ben, uh, ben Rex Har. Ben Rex Har said, and this might be one of my favorites. Uh, no to nonfiction Christian authors or wannabe authors promoting a book as being about some theme or idea when it's actually just a memoir with spiritual themes sprinkled over top. Many a memoir has had a vague Jesus adjacent name, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just tell stories of like this one time I was at camp. <laughs> And then God taught me about his, how much he loved me. <laughs> so, and I'm not saying that those books don't have a place, but Ben Harrison coming in hot, I'll tell you that. Listen, uh, so just full disclosure, I uh, saw this, laughed, copied, pasted it into the doc, thought about it, and then deleted it. And I was like, wait, <laughs> I, I think I did this. I think I, think I did this. I oh, you think you I think were I a nonfiction bones. Christian author who promoted it, but no, you, I felt like your stories all did fit with the theme. It's of close what enough doing. to be iffy. It's close enough to be iffy. So this no, listen, I've read many that. a book where it's like the title is God is good. Yeah. And then it's just like this one time at prom, my date didn't try to kiss me. God is oh, good. Like God is good. And right? It was like, <laughs> If, are you going to mention scripture in this at all? Like, can yeah. anyone help me? Help yeah. anyone? You're okay. shoehorning that in there a little bit. So it's a little, right. it's a little tough. But yeah, I think I thought that was going. Uh, Brittany's book review says there are thousands of years of human history, but apparently, according to the publishing market, World War II was 80 years long. I did not like this. I did <laughs> okay. not like this comment at okay, all. Okay, fact check. How long was World War II? Knox, you're the history expert. Aaron, don't Google it. No, I just want to see. I want to see if he's right. <laughs> I don't know how long. Listen, I, my dad was born at the end of it. I do know that because he was born in the end of 45. And I know the war was over when he was born. Okay. See, I was, uh, man, uh, honestly, I was good. Before you said that, I was going to guess seven years. But then I thought, I thought Truman was, um, uh, Truman took office right after um, uh, FDR died. Into right. one of the, I don't know. Honestly, I'm overthinking it. Is so it I'm, like, I'm going to say six years. I'm going to say six years. Okay. I like that. I go five with half. Five and a half. It's five right. Half. It's six years. Oh, it's six years. Six, okay. Good job. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure there. Um, all right. And then next is Whoa, 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 whoa hold on. Oh, but here's right. the thing. I saw a lot of people oh. shading World War II as an overrated book genre, like in the comments. Oh, it's a great a book bit. genre. People are like, there's too much. Like, it's, why don't we do Oh, no, there is a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know why there's a lot, Jamie? Because. Um, it was a war between the world. The whole world got in. Listen, I had to listen to Joe Burrow TikTok earlier. You get to listen to World War II. We'll get back to that. Don't y'all worry. <laughs> it doubled the death total of the First World War. It introduced weapons that could end the human race. It led to space discovery, American softening on civil rights, capitalism. And I just want to say, for all those people on this, like uh, bantering about more World War I content, have you been on those World War I streets? Because I have. Your boy's been there. I've been in Bellwood. I've been the Maginot Lines. You want to read a book about European diplomacy, and you find out that really World War I was all about people being like, this is going to be like a cotillion with some nice like light conflict. And they're like, oh, what are the machine guns? And then 40 million people are dead. And the Spanish flu's here. Listen, and that's basically that, World War I. Who's that guy you like that makes the long, 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 long podcast? Like the super long. Dan Carlin. It's good. It's okay, really right. Good. Okay, I listened to his episode about that guy that got assassinated. And it was actually a very fascinating episode. Yeah, I paid money for it because yeah. you can't get it anywhere. Why are you not making his, why is he not make his content? Paywalling. Why do people paywall their content? It's so crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Anyways. He just doesn't have a lot of free content. At least we got 500 episodes. Well, no, we took 100 episodes off. But I'm just saying, like, I was yeah. like, okay, well, I'll buy this $1.99. It was excellent. Okay, up next we have Anisha CG. And uh, Pat Nisha, I do notice this came from your uh, private Instagram, uh-huh, uh-huh. which I am not beholden what, what's to. What's her professional one? What does she do for a living? Pat Nisha, is that, oh, because she's an acquisitions editor. Is that editor. relevant? Oh, it is relevant. Interesting. It is. She's an acquisitions editor for a publisher. And she wrote her nose of books is, if you describe a character as tall, dark, and handsome, they better not be white. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of drafts like, edited tonight. What if they're they like that. a tan? What if they're like tan? What no, is she's right. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, she's correct. Um, okay, so those are rapid notes. Let's get into more of these uh, general listener notes. Okay, so these two, I think, go together, but we'll start with the first one. This is Jordan May, who commented, no to buying books you've never read. Yep. I don't want to waste my money on a book I won't enjoy, Jordan. So you can't, you only buy books that you have read. No, my assumption is is either that Jordan is uh, shoplifting at Barnes & Noble or Jordan is getting only her books from the library or borrowing them from friends. So she is not reading anything unless she's hot on those Libby holds. She is not reading anything that came out in the last six months, like right now. So she is more of a deep 
archive, you know, reader. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't understand why you wouldn't buy books that you've never re- I just don't understand. Like, I go to a bookstore and, like, Kathleen at Little Professor will say, this is a book you will really like. And I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get it. It's like, honestly, I had to read this, like, a few times to understand what she was saying because this is so uh, – like, I, I go buy books that I'll never read, actually, and they just sit on my <laughs> nightstand. And I think someday I'll – there's a whole stack. Ashley had to change her house. She's like, you've done this to us. I have to create a new bookshelf system because you've bought these books and you just don't touch them. And that's how – so I'm like – I'm probably her worst nightmare. Okay. Well, that leads us to Chulis Bulis. Who does not, who, listen, all there is is a profile photo of her on a glacier. I yeah. assume he or she or they on a glacier. They said, uh, no to bookcases. Exclamation. What? what? Yeah. Free range books only, please. That's Thank right. you. Only Instagram has beautiful bookshelves with pristine mint condition aesthetic books ordered by color. My husband's bookcase is filled with crusty, ratty, dingy books he's read until the pages fall out or brand new books he's had for three years that were never read the shelves look crazy listen chules bullets i think this is a therapy this is a therapeutic issue not yeah. a bookstagram issue i you think just I mean? get a divorce and buy some bookshelves and you'll be happy or you'll be happy person. or chules bullets hook up with jordan may and yeah. maybe you can send some of those unread books to her because she is not going to purchase them under no. any circumstances. So. Captain Planet meme with our powers combined, <laughs> we can find happiness. Okay, uh, let's do. Uh, can we do? There was a little bit of a dust up, a little bit of skirmish in the comments about ear reading versus eye reading. That's right. So at first is colors and constellations. No to people who say they quote read a book when they listen to the audiobook, especially if they listen to it on two times speed. That is the equivalent of skimming, people. This felt targeted at me, and this, I didn't like it. This did feel targeted. And then Sarah Ann Rose. Now, Con- Colors and Constellations is Sarah. And then Sarah Ann Rose said, also, no to people saying audiobooks don't count as reading. Sincerely, a mother of two toddlers who can't physically keep her eyes open more than five minutes of reading. Okay, so what we have here is a good old-fashioned book beef. Um, so, yeah. Aaron, where, where do you land on this? I am terrified of everyone on Instagram <laughs> who reads books, and so I will not be engaging with wow. their thoughts. The cowardly Aaron is here in the building. Absolutely not. She's... They are the scariest people in the world. They are, and then they will not. They w- they are relentless in your DMs. They are relentless. They're like, give me an opinion on Fellowship of the Ring. Is the book better than the movie? And you're like, I can't talk to you. There was one, somebody, somebody said, uh, this might not have been a book. This might have been a TV show. Somebody said India DM. She was like, Knox recommended something that he said made him cry. And it started with the thoughts. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and then Indy sent you those clues and said, can like, you Indy, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> okay. So here's what I would say. First of all, to Sarah Constellations, we'll call her Sarah Vega. Mm-hmm. Sarah Vega First of all, skimming is also reading. Like yes. skimming is reading. So don't act like that's, that that somehow makes it not it, reading. It's not, but for the p- purposes of this Shut conversation, up. sure. Shut okay. Sarah did come back in the comments and she apologized. How dare you? That's she, not what we're doing here. She was like, you know what? You guys have changed my mind. So good job. Well, you know why? Listeners. Because in Sarah, Sarah Vega's uh, bio, it says, what? Aspiring author. Well, honestly, you know what it was? I think because I read hers first and then I went down and I think you, I mean, credit to her, I would say, because you think a certain way and then some people yeah. are like, hey, what about people who can't, uh, can only listen, can't read? And then maybe you've never, maybe she never thought about that. So listen, maybe she's like, okay, good point. I'll well, change my listen, mind about that. You know what would be great? She should read your memoir, All Things Reconsidered. That's about yeah. reconsidering a theme, but it's actually sure. just a memoir. Absolutely. Listen, you know, she wrote in her bio that she's an aspiring author. Listen, Colors and Constellations, you will love people who buy books no matter the format. Yes, now, you're not going to be into Jordan May, who will not no. buy a book under any circumstance. No. But you'll have more cash to write books. Plus, I saw in your Instagram feed that's public that you go to church. Well, the Bible, it, it didn't come out written. It was oral <laughs> It was oral storytelling in the beginning. Yeah. So, Fun fact, most people in history can't read. Just most of them can't. You know? <laughs> that's a pretty new thing. It's true. History corner also, music. And also you have to think about what is the purpose in reading a book? Is it a number in your bullet journal or is it to experience knowledge or entertainment? Yeah. So who cares how you consume it just as long yeah. as you consume it? Yeah. I felt this. I mean, I, I think I was insecure about listening to audiobooks, but Why? when we went to uh, Louisville and we were with Ann Bogle, we did like oh, a little yeah. mean green to her house. I asked her, I was like, what do you think about this? And she's like, no, it's completely, it counts as reading. So from that point on, I was like, I'm free. I can read these audiobooks. That's right. She's like the son of God of reading. 
So Pretty it much. works out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's do uh, nose of evaluation. All right. Jenna's book nook. Is that our second book nook? No, that's book chick and now book nook. Mm. Yep. We've okay. got book reviews, book nooks, book chicks. <laughs> that's right. So Jenna's book nook said star ratings. I hate them. No one can agree on what those stars actually mean. Is three stars okay or good or meh? Why is this book that stole your heart and changed your life only four stars? Tell me what you liked about the book, what you didn't and how you felt about it overall. Quote, I loved it. This is the worst thing I ever read. I'm still confused, but I think I enjoyed it. Easy peasy. I think this is a great call because I think some people give out five stars willy nilly. Like on Amazon, you can get five stars easy. Goodreads, good luck. You're going to have to give it like an You're organ never to get a five, five stars. stars. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But I think this will never, it'll never happen because we're all cattle and we need, we need a one star, two star, three star, four star, five star to know is book good. And if book is good, book five star. You know what I mean? Well, I will say this. I, there's a couple of reviewers that do stars. And one of them is a friend of the show, Annie B. Jones, who owns the bookshelf in Thomasville, Georgia, which we love. And she, I never, I've, I don't know that I've ever seen her do a book less than three stars. Because mm. now I figured out her, because you kind of have to figure out her method. And so she gives a book three stars. She hated it. That's how I figured uh. it out. Now, she doesn't say that. But like, she'll get four and a half, five. But then, when, and but she's so sweet about it. Because she's like, this book sure did have fewer pages than a lot of books. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> she's a better writer than that. But it, it always makes me understand, oh, I'll never read that book. Like, I won't even consider it if she gives it three stars. Because I know that it's trash. I like that. Code. She will counter that. She will counter that because she will hear this. She's yeah, but she's lying right now. Yeah, she's, she's already messaging. The truth. Yeah, this it's is over. The truth. We're telling it. you the truth. I yeah. do want. So it used to back in the day, we would say if we said uh, our incredible sponsor, that meant oh, yeah. we actually liked them, yeah. and we kind of went away from that a little bit. But I think we bring like if we say our fantastic sponsor, that means they're annoying and there's drama that what we have with them oh, because of what good. they're asking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that. Code. Yeah. I will say too, like when you're getting those, because I, I I do like to read. I don't just look at the stars. I'll be like, what's this person saying? And oh yeah, me uh, too. Whenever I see like there are certain words that jump out. If I see someone who says this book has an agenda, then I automatically like DQ that review. That does like it, it holds nothing <laughs> yeah. with me anymore. Yeah, because Brett's a potato head, and he's got like, a whole situation where he reads books that like need to match his political beliefs or whatever. Yeah, so, like you you need to know what things you can abide by and what things you just have to write. Listen, off. a B Fox left a two star review on All Things Reconsidered. And cool. I saw it on Goodreads. And this I have, is good. Listen, I, <laughs> listen, I've never forgotten it. And every time she comments on any post, I go, I remember what you did. <laughs> I won't like this comment. People don't forget. Okay. People, People don't, don't forget. Not yeah. here at the pod. Listen, I'll tell you what we don't do. We always remember here at the podcast. Um, okay. Uh, from Sarah's Book Nook. <laughs> I like that all their names are themed. Okay. So from Sarah's book nook said, no to being proud of giving bad or low star reviews. If it's happening that often, it just means you have a bad picker. Yeah, that's a great call. It is a great call. And let me read this next one. Rayla's Books said, people giving one-star reviews on Amazon if a book didn't arrive on time or the package or book was damaged or for other similarly stupid reasons. Zero of that was the author's fault. And reviews make a huge difference for them and their livelihood. So why you got to tank something they worked years on? Because the post office screwed up. And that's also a really important point. Yeah, and I think it's because uh, we do it like every single week here uh, at the end of the episodes with our Amazon item of the week. A lot of times, the the comments that you'll pull are from people who are frustrated with something that has nothing to do with product or has a question that cannot be answered by the medium <laughs> within their asking it. That's but right. I think this is like it's a it's a new generation of like of a hole people who they can't like geolocate their anger properly. You know, yeah. like they're just mad and they got to lash out at someone. Not the person responsible for it. Just it's like yelling at your waiter if the steak isn't cooked right. Like they yeah. didn't cook it; they just brought it out here. You know what I mean? That's so right. Don't Take be it up mean the, to the someone yeah. who was not responsible for the the problem that you're suffering right now. You know, a pro tip I would give if you're looking for like how do I find great books to read? And hopefully you have found some people in your life that are your book whispers that you trust their taste. Like I have friends in my life who are great readers, but I know we don't like the same types of books yeah. for the most part. And so when they say they hated a book, I'm like, well, I'll probably love it you know but i also say if there's a book you loved like you read and you loved if you will just put that into instagram search and probably someone on bookstagram has tagged that author or tagged mm. that book title and then you can follow that person and see if you line up with that person in terms of taste and they can give you because a lot of times bookstagrammers are reading advanced reader copies or um there are other shows like currently reading that will share backlist stuff so and hopefully we have provided you know great you you because uh, a lot of readers 
that listen to us will say, oh, I'm a Knox reader because mm-hmm. Knox likes, you know, character development and he likes really well. He loves that 18 years of World War II. Freckles. Yeah. And Freckles' <laughs> constellations. And then I like only things that I can skim and that <laughs> the plot moves fast. You know what I mean? So yeah. I get it. Well, and let me just say this. I think uh, it's really hard because I, I feel like we haven't really, even in our episode with Anne, like I felt bad because there was one book I read and I didn't like it. And I always, I'm a little conscious of it because I'm like, I know how long I worked on my books. And when people are like, this sucks, they're like, okay, well, just 18 months of my life, you know, and just like kind of my identity, but whatever. Sorry, you didn't like it. So <laughs> I, so I prefer, I think if you're following people who are often given out like bad low star reviews, yeah. um, I think maybe try to gravitate towards people who are just giving not good reviews to bad books, but people focusing on good books and positive stuff. I think that's a better way to spend your time. Yeah, because I don't talk about the one star and two star in the books I don't read. And I, and I don't give those books one star or two stars on any platform. I only review the books that I really liked, like four or five stars. And I'm always going to like high five those books, but I'm not going to talk about the other books. Like it just, there's no port, there's no purpose in it. Yeah. And I know this sounds like super hypocritical, but I, I hate not liking stuff, you know, just because I'm like, I don't want to be the person who's like, that does this sound sucks. Dumb, and, and I know, but it's like, I don't like, because I know somebody worked on that. And even more, I know someone listening probably loves it. And when I say it, they're taking it personal and I don't mean it, but I'm just trying to be true to myself. You know? Well, but I will say sometimes when you write a book, like you're not the only person in control of that book. Like yeah. most authors don't always control the final edit or like they, they, they get to write the manuscript, but then an editor comes in, a marketer comes in and they can really screw up a book. And like, yeah. so your experience can be like, well, that wasn't even what I, I've seen screenwriters say that. Like I, I, I wrote this and it was a great, it was a really good screenplay and it sold for a lot of money. And then this director screwed it over, you know? Yeah. 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 This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Aura Frames. It's Knox here with your annual reminder that Mother's Day is just around the corner this year. Let's think outside the box a little bit, guys. Forget sweaters, candles, or the dreaded bathrobe. They're also predictable and boring. That's why this year I'm recommending you get an Aura Frame. It's the perfect gift to mix things up and give a gift that shows some real thoughtfulness and is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. We actually have one of these in our house right now, and we absolutely love it. It only takes about two minutes to set up, and it was super easy. Between all the kids, I was a little worried we'd run out of room, but it has free unlimited storage for photos and videos, and you can invite as many people as you want to contribute to the frame. Now that the kids are a little older, we've added them as contributors to the frame, and it's been really fun to see a few of their photos pop up from events they attend without us. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code podcast at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down, big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago. Making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash podcastpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash podcastpod. So the weather's getting warmer, and I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters, and hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince, because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even penthouse Jamie, she's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. But y'all know how I value quality, and I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them and they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable and I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% 
less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. All right, picture this. It's finally getting warmer and you're picking up the after work run or a workout, but it's 4 p.m. and you're ready for a little snack to keep you going. What you want is something with clean, wholesome ingredients, but it's hard to find a snack that is great on the go and also fills you up enough to make a difference. Get ready to find out how good healthy snacks can taste with Chomps. We're big fans of Chomps at my house because not only is it so easy and convenient, but it's made with natural ingredients that taste great. Whether I'm prepping for recordings or taking one of the kids to one of their many end-of-year activities, I always have a Chomp stick with me. They're also allergy-friendly, so I never have to worry about one of the kids deciding they want to take it with them. Chomp sticks come in 10 delicious bold flavors, so there's a healthy snack option for everyone or grab a variety pack to satisfy your whole family's taste buds. They're even smaller chomplings for a quick snack for any kids in your life. Right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash popcast. Go to chomps.com slash popcast to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash popcast. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Um, okay, let's do uh, Nose of Open Doors. And I would say, if you got little ears, maybe for the next little bit, maybe go headphone yeah. mode, ghost protocol. Yeah, I'm not going to go hard on the words, but we are going to mention them. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, Joanne Brasile said, librarian here, no more bonnet rippers. Listen, Mary Margaret, what you really want is banging the billionaire. <laughs> Put down the Love Comes Softly series. Back away from When Calls the Heart. Stop trying to get your fix from books about charity and Abraham falling in love so very slowly, ending with a wedding and a closed mouth kiss. Buy Kindle or a book cover and, all go, and go all in with Kinley, K-Y-N-L-E-E. Daughter of the coach and Hawk, the professional hockey player. Look for words like insatiable, obsession, temptation, seduction. And if you're really daring, search for a reverse harem. Insider tip, put the book on hold at your local library and use the self-checkout. No one will ever know. Do you think we get in trouble if we put Rachel Platten's fight song under the, underneath this? No, as- no. We would, this is, Rachel Platten would be honored. She would be like, this is what I did this for. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Aaron, do you know what a Bond Ripper is? I would assume it's like some sort of uh, Amish type of romance. Okay, very good. Right? I had to look Carrie this up. Kingsbury. Carrie Kingsbury. Right? I don't I like the phrase love comes softly. Yeah, I don't like anything about that, to be that honest is, with you. Because that's like not, well, they're not doing it right, if you know what I'm saying. No, I don't. And I'm I'm not allowed to talk to Jason, but Jason, I don't know. You read it, man. It's your, your call. Let me clean up the the bonnet rippers because uh, uh, so I looked it up to explain what it is. If you were like me and didn't know, evidently it's from uh, Amish romance, which is a subgenre of Christian fiction, yeah, featuring Amish characters, yeah. And it says read mostly by evangelical Christian women that uh, tracks. So the counterpart is the bodice ripper from classic romance novels. So it's like the version of that. I didn't get that, but <laughs> I, I, it made me think: like, is is the bonnet ripper? Is that like a gateway drug? To bang in the billionaire, 100%. or is it like that's the that's your border on everything the light touches, so you don't go into like where the hyenas are? You know what I'm saying? No, it is 100 percent your gateway because what happens is you then read Redeeming Love, yeah, because you end up there, right? Because sure. you're like, well, this is also in you were like this the came Christian too softly. Section. I've got it. I've got right, but else. then Redeeming yeah. Love is a little uh, spicier than sure. most, and if you saw the movie, you know, which you also know how bad it was, but. The book is excellent, but problematic, but excellent. And you go, oh, are, are there other things like this? And mm-hmm. then you end up reading Tessa Dare and going, this is excellent. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you and Aaron had a conversation on Redeeming Love, the movie. We did for the Bible ago, binge. Right? We talked yeah. about that the movie was, how would, we, how would we characterize that movie? Really terrible. Really <laughs> terrible. So, okay. And then these together, the Carly Chronicles, weird words for Pikachu and Diglett in romances. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Carly. Thank you for honoring Thanks to Diglett. all the listeners to embracing Diglett. That really brought me a lot of life, <laughs> honestly. Okay. So, like, so, <laughs> she gives an example. Like... Quote, suddenly my mound was on fire. When yes! his... <laughs> I knew God I was going to get that from Aaron. <laughs> suddenly my mound was on fire when his fingers grazed my shoulder. That sounds like a disease. <laughs> or, quote, his organ came to attention under her gaze. 
Which organ? His stomach? Is he getting hungry? Or the worst, referring to any reproductive body part as his sex or her sex. And then then Ash Johnson wrote, don't report me, but oddly specific descriptions of Dukachus and Pikachus, Diglets. Mm -hmm. Diglets and Pikachus in open door scenes. Like, we get it. It's like a hammer or silk (laughs) or whatever. Stop it. (laughs) Like a silk hammer. It's good. (laughs) You can have an open door scene without making me check to make sure nobody can see the words on the page of the book I'm reading. Hey, listen, what's wrong with a detailed Diglet? What's wrong with that? Listen, here's, I, I do, I kind of respect authors though who like yada yada the viability of there actually being a man named like Chank Beretta, who's a billionaire, (laughs) super hot, but he's also like very attentive to your emotional needs. But then that's like a paragraph, right? But then they're like clear out 16 pages of a sensory buffet of description of the dimensions of his Shrek and donkey, where it's been, where it's going, (laughs) what it's capable of. Like it smells like sandalwood and sea salt. It Listen. demands attention like Norman Schwarzkopf. All the stuff. I love it. Keep going. Um, okay, let's do... Uh, can I uh, Can I beg Please. the recording partners for a Shark Tank music opportunity? Jason, we need Shark Tank music. Okay, because th- this this um, this comment, for, this is from Christy.Brokaw, um, probably related to Tom, I would imagine. Um, and uh, I've, I've kind of taken some creative license with the heart of what she's presenting. Okay. And I would like to present it in a Shark Tank kind of format. Okay, okay. let's go. All right. Hey, Sharks. My name's Christy, and I'm seeking 100% of your support for my idea about making the spicy scenes in spicy books stand out more. If you're like me, half the people in my book club are bored with gratuitous sex that doesn't tell us about the characters or advance the plot, but the other half of my book club are only there for those scenes specifically. What's a book club to do? Luckily for everyone, I've invented an idea called Spicific. It's like spice-specific. Did oh, you get God, that? That's really, is that good? that's really good. Can we do it again? No, it I got it's it. Good. I got okay. it. Okay. With Spicific, instead of those sexy scenes hidden within all the boring scenes about plot development, they are said written in red ink so that readers can more easily skim for them or skip them entirely so which one of you sharts is going to enjoy christy in getting specific about fiction okay question for christy from yeah. i'm as as one of the shark taints yeah is mm-hmm. that what i am am i a you shark t- no or i'm a no, shark, you're a shark. In a taint? you're a shark okay i'm yeah. a shark yeah. so i have a question as a shark um before i can support you are you let me just clarify you have to start you, you say your evaluation's all over the place okay it's insane honestly that's right are yeah. you requesting that the same printing approach <laughs> given to the words of the Lord and Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ should be applied to detailed diglets. Is that, that what okay, you're yeah, saying? That, look, that's <laughs> obvious flaw here. Okay. And I, and I almost edited it, but I didn't. I wanted to keep it because yes, it's the, the words color? of Christ. Why does it have to be red? Why can't it just be blue? Like, you know, blue, blue like what? room. Like blue, blue. what? What is Other it? things. What, what, what are, things get blue in relation you know to what they spicy do. scenes? You know what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't know. need to detail. Who could know? Man, Aaron, Google starts that. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, what about what about red pages, white letters? Okay, red page, white letter. Oh, is that good for my vision though? Wait, like, don't know. I don't think you're there for the vision. I have you know an astigmatism. I, mean? I have an astigmatism. Aaron, are you in on this? I think one shards out. For I've those got one reasons, I'm out. I, 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 I can't. I can't. I cannot. I cannot approve this plan. This okay, is you should. You, you gotta say something like, "Look, I, I have to be passionate about the things I invest in." I have in, to pay attention just... to the things that I am passionate in, yeah. and I, while I value your contribution to society, I cannot do what we do for Jesus for you, this. You know who's gonna invest in this? Hmm. Whoever invested Me. in Sponge Daddy. <laughs> Which Look, I think is Lori. So I made think a billion dollars. Yeah, they made she a made a ton of dollars. money, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, Christy. I was with you the whole way. Okay. Um, okay. Let's keep going with these comments. Okay. Up next, we have Bentley Maddox, who said, A simple truth. No to the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover. It's almost exclusively how I select books. Can I tell you a fun story about Bentley? Bentley made our final six when we were hiring Indy, and he was so fantastic. But we ended up not hiring him because we were like, he's not long for the world of working for some two putzes in the South making a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so his next job after us was, after applying for us, he went to work for Maria Shriver. Yeah, big step down. So, so and now he works Bentley. at NBC, so in LA. Yeah. So, congratulations. Well, just a precipitous Bentley. fall for Bentley. Sorry, man. Listen, <laughs> I agree with Bentley. Um, and I went and looked like I Cormac, Cormac McCarthy, who yeah. obviously all the pretty horses and the road. His two new books have maybe I actually brought it up at the bookstore. I was like, why do these covers 
look like textbooks. Suck so bad. They're, yeah, they yes, look like they textbooks. Look like textbooks. 100%. They're so bad. And then I was looking, I looked at the bestseller list. Let me walk you through some, okay? Just real quick. Yeah. Colleen Hoover, Verity, a great cover. I'm reading it right now. I'm halfway through. It's excellent. Your wife recommended it to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. But the ones where it's, it starts with us and ends with us, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Those covers look like my mom's screensaver on her gateway computer. Like, yeah, her covers are not uh, what brings the people to the books. From I, what I no, for sure. And then like last year, bestselling nonfiction, Michelle Obama. Listen. Aaron, Google Michelle Obama's The Light We Carry. Let's talk about this cover real quick. First of all, that's an Instagram B-roll shot that uh, that Obama, t- like her husband took. And then that cardigan isn't even cute. She looks like she's on a Trader Joe's run and they had one more box of candy, can, candy cane JoJo's and she got really pumped. And then they took a photo and then filtered the H out of it. Like, that's not a good cover. You know who made a good cover? Tomorrow and Tomorrow and tomorrow it's a by good Gabrielle cover. Zevin. That's a fantastic cover. On on my newsletter a couple weeks ago, I did an essay on how to f- make it easier to find a book, like to read. And one of my pieces of advice was judge a book by its cover yes. because it, it won't tell you if the writing is good or bad, but it will tell you about the vibes, the author vibes and the publisher vibes. Because from my understanding, publishers really have final say on covers, unless yes. you're a big deal. And then you probably have that, but that's uh, the exception. Um, and I gave an example of, I don't know if I even showed y'all this. One of the covers my publisher wanted to use for All Things Reconsidered um, had a big old green dinosaur on it. And it <gasps> broke the word reconsidered into recon and sittered two different lines. And if you've read that book, you'll know, I don't actually talk about dinosaurs in that book. No, you There's, don't. I just, it's just a random dinosaur in a book and a word reconsidered that's split would, into two different words. You know what weird. I would have done? I, if I had known that, I would have requested my foreword to not be mentioned on the cover. Wow. You'd be like, disavow this dinosaur. Disavow. That is so gross. So I do agree with Bentley. I do think a book, you can't. Now, can you find a great book that, but sometimes I have a great book that I'm like, eh, this isn't great. Like, yeah. this isn't, I hate keeping it because the cover's so bad, but the oh, book was yeah. so good. You know, the book was so good. Yeah. I think that's why Cormac McCarthy can do that. I, honestly, I think that was his heat check. He's like, I'm going to, oh, yeah. I'm going to look, I'm going to make a book cover that looks like it's intro to English for college freshmen and it's see so if bad. it does well. And I bought, I bought it and like the other book related to it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Up next, we have Kelly Bandis, who we love, who wrote the men's writing female protagonist. Okay, this was interesting because I, you know, when I read this, I thought, okay, well, one of my favorite books last year was a, a male writer writing for female protagonists. Uh, now's not the time to panic. Yes. So I thought, man, you know, uh, broadly, I don't think I agree with this. So I think if this is more like a, a macro view of like m- less men writing females and let's make r- more room for women writers writing women characters yeah i agree with that yes i agree with that too you know that it makes me think of that jack nicholson line in as good as it gets where he's like how do you the the guy asked him how do you write women so well and he says well i think of a man and i take away the reason and accountability wow Um, right yeah jack Mm -hmm. nicholson's great and i think he's like that in real life but but i was thinking too like i do think there needs to be more room for other we uh, we probably are at our fill, particularly of white men writing. We're probably mm-hmm. good. Like we we got enough, you know. Sure. Um, but I think about some of the best female characters are Anna Karenina and Elizabeth Salander. And listen, uh, Charles Dickens. The best thing he ever did was create Miss Havisham. She's she's dynamic. Like I think about her all the time. And then there because if you say that, if you say men writing female protagonist is not okay, then it also means that you lose. Women writing Frankenstein and Atticus Finch. And a modern example, Gillian Flynn's portrayal of Nicholas Dunn is one mm. of the best portrayals of a man in literature. It's so good. And I wouldn't want to lose that either because I think that's a worthy perspective as well. Yeah, that's like, you know, I remember last year, I think we talked about this on the show. Alyssa got mad at me because on an episode of Outlander, Claire gets a, like a haircut and uh, it's not just a haircut. Like she got a haircut from when he's trying to sabotage her. Right. So it's a terrible haircut. <laughs> and I made fun of it because it is a terrible haircut. And I was like, it's like a Ellen's haircut meets like Haley Joel Osment from Sixth Sense haircut. It's just a bad haircut, you know? And right. she was like, you don't get to talk about women and their hair. And I was like, okay, oh. well, I feel like I should be able to. And I think maybe that's the line is like, you can write about different perspectives or you can, you can write outside of your own immediate perspective. I think, the trade-off is you just have to do it thoughtfully and intentionally and, and, uh, not, uh, not, um, I don't know, speculatively or, or fantastically, because when you do, you should get the criticism 
that you deserve. But I think uh, to just put like these hard boundaries down about like you're not allowed to write for anything other than what you actually are. I mean, I think that's going to flatten out like all of literature, you know? This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April 25th, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know, or better yet, May the 4th. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate R2 Dusty in honor of this most holy day of the year. And then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars theme collection. Now I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead, because the force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable. And when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Iwear.com, code POP. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Up next, uh, J- Jen Van Hecken wrote, the biggest snow of books, banning them. <laughs> it's a fair point. It's it a good is. comment. Listen, I like maybe, it. maybe we should ban the book banners. Is that mm. what we should do? Listen, I saw that in Virginia, there's a school board that had finally voted and they banned tw- 21 books. Listen to some of the books on this list. Okay, The Handmaid's Tale yeah. by Margaret Atwood. Okay. The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah. By Stephen Bosky. Disgusting. Disgusting. The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, my favorite Toni Morrison book. Sure. Uh, 112263 by Stephen King. Uh, See, I haven't read that, but I'm sure he does something weird in it. So that's probably what they're holding on to. It's a perfectly good book. Uh, It, It by Stephen King. Listen, it is scary, but why can't it be in a high school library? That that's, that's look, crazy. It's I think the weirdness with book banning is it is presented as protection when really it's about suppression. You know, like that's it's it's always been. If you think about like big instances of book banning, it's not to be like we need to be careful of this thing. It is yeah. for people in power to kind of wage a proxy war on uh, limiting the amount of uh, resistant thoughts, thought, thoughtfulness and ideas that's levied against them. It, it's why I read in, in 1954, the state of Alabama tried to ban a book called The Rabbit's Wedding because it featured a white and black rabbit getting married because yes. society is going to collapse if that happens. And at yeah. the same time in Florida, uh, there was a, a real dispute over the three little pigs because whoever did that freaking book made those three freaking pigs different colors. Can you believe that? <laughs> Disgusting. I'm about to throw up right now just thinking about it, Jamie. It's ridiculous. I don't, I, what I don't understand is the same. There is a Venn diagram that is a straight up overlapping circle of people who are like, ban books, but uh, stop trying to cancel everybody. Just stop trying to cancel Freedom everybody. of speech. Book Freedom. ban. Wait, hold on. <laughs> here's, a, here's a Coach Knox tip. Everybody take a knee. If you're doing something and you think, hey, let me think about this. Did the Nazis do this too? And they did. Maybe you want to reconsider that. <laughs> Maybe step back. 
Okay, our last comment comes from Allie L. Thomas, who said, this is author-specific, but he's prolific, so it basically counts as a genre complaint. Stephen King's obsession with describing what happens to a person's <laughs> testicles when they're afraid. Does one even notice one's testicles when adrenaline spikes? It's bonkers to me, but I can't personally confirm. This is in lieu of the oh-so-tired shiver down the spine or goosebumps on the arms. Knox, would you like to share about when your adrenaline is pumping, what happens to your body? This is funny because I think she's presenting it like your testicles don't react to when like you're concerned or scared, but that's, that's like biologically true. Like that's a, is a it real really? Thing. I mean, th- when Peter Parker says a spidey sense is tingling, what do you think he's talking about? Like, what <gasps> do you actually think? It's well, I mean, not as Dicklet. It's like the, no. the donkey, yeah. you know, the Shrek and the donkey. That's like, cause when you think uh, Spider-Man, when you really look into it, it's really all about testicles, like when it comes down to it, because it's a kid goes through some changes and then suddenly more physically capable and he shoots out. Let's, you know what I mean? Ew. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Oh why do you think they, why do you think you, they chose P gotta, for the name you, alliteration? You got to put Spidey music over that, no. Jason. <laughs> why do you I think they, like they chose P for the name alliteration? I think they're trying to tell you something. And also welcome to all the, what should I read next? Uh, yeah. Listeners who've come over to the dark side. You're welcome. Also, I'm kidding, dum-dums. You don't like get like scared testicles all of a sudden. You don't? No, they don't start like like blinking like an alarm. You're like, oh no, I'm scared. You my my testicles to, are. But do you think that happens to Stephen King? And he's like, this is what happens in Maine. Maybe this is his way of being like, will you, the world accept me because my my testicles ring like an alarm when I get scared? We will accept you, Stephen. Maybe that's why he writes about like weird stuff because he just wants to be accepted. You know. Yeah. Well, Jamie, I think we did it. I think we solved we all the notes of books. We solved reading problems. Congratulations. So if you have thoughts and pins on our thoughts and pins, please let us know. Noxjamie.com slash 489. All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? <gasps> Let's do some lights. All right. What is your red light this week? Listen, it's simple. It's simple. Listen, the Kardashians. Look, I'm a long time student of the Kardashian world's Right. I've been I've been following the Kardashians since Kendall and Kylie were tiny elementary school students. I went to Dash the store in Calabasas, California, my first trip to California ever. And I bought a ten dollar bottle of water because that was all I could afford (laughs) at their shop. And I looked for like Chloe has been my whole heart for the entirety. I've known this family. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. This family is so chaotic right now because they're trying to hide the truth that someone in their family has going through a very difficult time. And instead of just being honest about that, about how difficult their family member, how difficult their medical situation is and all of that, they're just like throwing out like, here, look, do you want to see this birthday party footage that is badly lit and we didn't even try because we're so desperate for you to look at these other spinning plates over here instead of noticing what's happening to our family member. What's happening to the family member? Rob was in the hospital for a drug overdose. Ah, and so gotcha. the comedy of it is, is that like, here's some bad footage of <laughs> Courtney, like Chloe taking with her phone in dark light being like, say yay, true, when the blow, when they blow out the candles and uh, North being very chaotic in the background. And then, of course, it Kylie has to step for, up for the family and be like, hey, guys, remember when I had a baby and I named it Wolf, but then I told you his name was a wolf. Well, his name is there. And so she has now revealed that she has officially named her baby boy Air. Air spelled like Air A? A I R E. And then she confirmed that the pronunciation is just Air. So she has this baby named Stormy, which my dad, by the way, I I presented that to him. I was like, Do you like the name Stormy? And he's like, Oh, that's cute. So Mm -hmm. my. Okay. Uh, World War II post-war born baby dad. Yeah. He the, loves... The war some people think is kind of overrated and boring. That, that's that right. One. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Stormy and air. I just like that, that. I like a theme. Like, don't get me wrong. But to me, this is just a red light. Just just say the thing. Like, just say the thing. Because maybe it could help people know that, like, you're a normal family that deals with normal, chaotic, hard things. Like, sure. this could be a wonder. Or, better yet, maybe don't save this for the filming. How about that? Yeah, that would be bad. So they're, are, they're on Hulu right now. Is that right? That's right. That's right. How have – what's your sense of – because they were on E! Uh, exclamation uh-huh. point, And they moved to Hulu. <laughs> and at least to me, like, as someone who's not – you know, I'm not in this world, so I don't have a good handle on it. I, I feel like culturally – maybe there was a little bit of like a, I don't know, coverage retreat. Like I, I don't see them as much. Is that true? Or am I just completely wrong? No, I think they're out there as much, but they are not consumed by Gen Z in the mm-hmm. same way uh, that millennials consumed and like oh, okay. younger Gen X consumed them. They're just not because then themselves like Gen Z, I just, 
I'm constantly fascinated by Gen Z and what they consume. And I say that based on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, but they are just not interested in solely the vapid and they don't reward the vapid. And the hard part is that's literally that family's calling card, you know, in, in, yeah. in, in a way that I consumed it because I was like, I just want something frothy and I don't want anything serious. But the problem is they've gotten into the age and their kids are getting older and it has a lot of questions about kids as content uh-huh. and how dark that can go and how complicated that can be. And uh, do kids want to have an SEO already established for them by age nine? Kids being famous, that's always worked out really well. So <laughs> no, it, has, it does have a long history of success. So um, so that's my red light. I just, listen, I just think you saying it's air is just, you're just pretending that the world is normal and it's just not normal. Like your <laughs> yeah, family's it doesn't, not it doesn't normal. Have to be no- the world doesn't have to be normal. And the world doesn't time. have to be normal. Just be yeah. like your family. It can actually be so much more meaningful and powerful if you would just be normal. So, okay. okay what's your red light? Th- this is good because I didn't, you know, obviously I didn't know what you're going to red light, but this kind of, this is the counterbalance. Okay. Jamie, this is a family that knows something's wrong. They're trying to address it. Okay. okay. They're, they're going to lean into it. And I'm talking about, of course, the family of M&Ms. So that's my red oh light my is M&Ms anthropomorphizing uh, uh, candy. And uh, so I think it was last week, the world got a statement uh, from Mars Wrigley, uh, who runs M&M's. And uh, it wasn't actually an apology for trying to force pretzel M&M's on us, which is what I thought it was going to be. It should have been. It should have been. It was something much more serious. And so I'm just going to read it verbatim. America, let's talk. Last year, we've made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would even notice. And we definitely didn't think it would break the internet. It did not by the way. Uh, But now we get it. Even a candy shoes can be polarizing, which was the last thing M&M's wanted since we're all about bringing people together. So, okay. What this is about is, um, you know, obviously if if they would have asked me, you know, back at the beginning and they would have said, Hey, we're going to do spokes candies and we're going to give these little freaking M&M's like personalities. I would have said bad idea, bad idea, Bob, because like, where does that end? You know, like why would these candies be promoting the consumption of themselves why would they be promoting like capitalism and cannibalism that doesn't make sense and then if they went back to me and said we went ahead and did that and we're also thinking about making one of them kind of sexy what do you think about that i would said no i don't i don't need to think about the sex lives of those spoke candies and i don't need to think about the sex lives of people who like those candies you know i don't want to think about eminence making people hungry for chocolate and hungry for other things. That's just, you're just making the world complicated. All this came to a head a few weeks ago when M&M's made these aforementioned uh, changes because they wanted to desexualize some of their spokes candies, okay? They <laughs> wanted to opt for practical heels over stilettos, Jamie. This is just, this is an every woman, okay? Um, and then they wanted to kind of like make some of their uh, specific M&M's like more representative of different people, which again, like I think being inclusive is a good thing, but also your M&M's, just be M&M's. Just make peanut butter M&M's. That's okay. You can just be the M&M's people. So in reaction to this choice to opt for sensitive, uh, uh, sensible heels over stilettos, you know who got mad? You know who got who? really mad on the internet? Tucker Carlson. Uh-oh. The final boss of boat shoot wearing N-cells. And on his show, he said, M&M's will not be satisfied. And I, this is a real quote. I, I swear no, to God, it's not. <laughs> M&M's will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous. Until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. That's the goal. When you're totally turned off, we've achieved equity. They've won. Oh, like, honestly, oh I, I, <laughs> I, like, so if e- this is a bit, I'm sorry. I, I watched the whole clip. So if I'm wrong, please like tell me and I'll, I will say sorry. But like, I just... I can't imagine getting big mad at Chick-fil-A for not making that cow more DTF. You know, I just don't think that's, that's my place. But then like later on, call he, us, we'll help you. Let us know. We can, we can, we can shape the image. But later on, he was talking about that orange M&M, which the orange M&M, it was supposed to like, it was unveiled uh, to represent anxious people. Um, and he said, he said, and actually, if you look at him, the orange M&M does appear very anxious. Maybe he doesn't like all the ugly new shoes he sees around him, which Stop it. Stop <laughs> honestly, it. That's kind of hilarious and also a little bitchy, and I love it. I, got, <laughs> I imagine him like taking a long sip of a frozen daiquiri and doing a Z snap after he says it. You know, so yeah. I just so red light to M and M's because you never should have done this in the first place. Red light to Tucker Carlson because always red light to Tucker Carlson. <laughs> you you don't deserve to like be horny for Jessica Rabbit. That is not a human right. It's not in the Constitution or the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. Okay, you don't need to do that. It's ridiculous. 
Jamie, what's your green light this week? Okay, my baby green light is Joe Burrow. Very into him. I ended up on Joe Burrow TikTok. And here's the thing, guys. Joe Burrow is Aaron, do you remember what I what you asked when I said Joe Burrow? What'd you say? I don't know. What's a Joe Burrow? <laughs> oh no, I said <laughs> Joe, I don't know what it is. She's like, I don't know what that is. And I was like, it's a person. It is He's a the human. quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's right. Am I saying that right? Bengals? You are. Yes, Okay. You are. And then, so I'm very into him. Here's the thing I like about him. What, do you, what a, are you into? Are you physically, you into vibes? Like, what are you, what are you into? I think it's him? vibes. Like, he seems like, I don't know if it's just that he's super young and malleable. And Listen, he's, 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 he's my new guy. Uh, Tom, it's been great. We've had such a good run. I'm moving on to younger and better. Joe Burrow yeah. is, it's ride or die for me forever. The Bengals have won me a lot of money. Joe Burrow's won me a lot of money. That's my dude. I loved how he helped handle the Demar Hamlin situation yeah. uh, uh, several weeks ago. I uh, also kind of like that he looks like he could be an American psycho because I don't know yes. that there's a pulse there. That's you know? with that. Maybe that's what it is. He has a Christian Bale vibe to him. Yeah. Sometimes he's hot. Sometimes he's not. And yeah. I like the mystery of what am I going to get? And like this morning, I did my little normal, you know, daily morning meditation, Jesus, right. and then Devotion. Google for Joe Burrow. Oh. Right. Aaron has just found a picture where he looks very good, and his bottom is there, you know. Listen, there was and a couple weeks ago he showed up to the game with a bucket hat on, and it didn't work. Exactly. That is where I'm like, out. But, like, he yeah. walked in whatever, I guess, the, what, the big championship? Yeah, TMTM. That's trademark stuff right that's there. That's right. <laughs> very fish language. <laughs> so whatever, whatever he walked into, I was like, oh, he looked good with his I, I don't know what it is about a football player with their headphones on. So yeah. like him and Jalen Hurts, I'm in a very, I've loved that I've ended up on that side of TikTok. I am having a good time. I'm, Listen, those, those are two super cool dudes. Uh, I know a little bit more about Jalen Hurts. That's a great just general human being, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's probably a more attractive dude. Joe Burrow, I feel like he could be really attractive. He can also look like uh, Kevin McAllister grown up a little yes, bit. 100%. And, and it's disorienting. Like, I don't know what to do with it, but I, I love the I don't know what guy. to do with it, I but I like it. So that's my baby green light. But my actual green light, I have two. It's one is a documentary on Netflix called The Pez Outlaw. Guys, this is 90 minutes of pure delight. It's a high story. It's a David and Goliath story. It's weirdly also a romance. It's about a guy named Steve Glue who is from Michigan, who when his kids were teenagers, he had never left the country he kind of was a machinist at a factory and he collected cereal box, you know, cutouts to get toys sent to him. And then he would go to toy, he he would go to toy conventions and he would sell toys. And then he was like, people were talking about Pez dispensers and how there were all these Pez dispensers you couldn't get in America, only in Europe. So he and his teenage son board a plane, go into Austria, never had been, never in the 90s, during, like Berlin Wall has just come down. And don't speak the language and just go and ends up paying off some Pez uh, employees to get these specific European Pez. And he builds an empire that then maybe crushes and falls because of the U.S. president of Pez called the president. <gasps> what? Yes. And no. it decides to destroy him. And it's fascinating. It is the sweetest family story. The sweet, Like if somebody asks us in AUA, are there any happy documentaries? Yeah. Guys, this is a delightful, happy documentary. You can watch it with your kids. It's very fun. It's very cool. So I have a question. My, I have a question. Oh, yeah. Please. Is there a scene where someone has a trench coat and they open the trench coat and there's a bunch of Pez dispensers? 100%. Oh, no, there is. <laughs> This documentary is so cute. And when I shared it, like a listener said that their friend did the title card and then another friend is an executive producer. So we kind of have a, it's super fun. So it's on Netflix. And then my other one is you had mentioned in a recent episode that you were really mad that you can't just find where something is streaming. Yes. And it drives you nuts. Well, several listeners came and were like, have you ever tried the app Just Watch? And so, of course, I go and download it. Y'all, this app is a delight. So it is a streaming search engine. It's an app designed to help you find a movie or a TV show online. You can search by title. It'll give you all the options. It'll tell you uh, what the costs are if you have to rent it or you can stream it. The best part is if you open an account, like it's free, you make an account, you can tell them what streaming options that you have. And so it will say, this is where you want to watch it because this is what you have. You can track content for the subscriptions you have. Like you can say, I watch this, I watch this. What else would I like on this platform? The curation is not great. I will say that. Like they don't, that's not as helpful. But in terms of like, I can even pick something up and then say play on TV and it will play on my Roku. Like I can connect it to my Roku. And I love that. It does have a paid tier, but the free is really good. It's more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people message me about that too. And um, big thanks to them. Because that's literally the problem I was describing. Yeah. And it's changed everything. It's made uh, finding something to watch so much simpler. It's so, so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's your green light? 
My Green Light is a book. Uh, it's called Bright's Passage by Josh Ritter. Um, I had greenlit Josh Ritter. Oh my gosh, this is the singer again. Yeah, yeah, same guy. Uh, oh he gosh. had written The Great Glorious Goddamn of It All back in the summer-ish. Love that book. Um, and a lot of people recommend I didn't know about this one. They recommended this to me, so I picked it up. And yeah, I don't know if you ever had this situation. I'm trying to finish this book, and I keep losing it. Like, I keep misplacing it. The and physical like, book. Yeah, like I keep leaving it behind places. Like, I felt like I was not supposed to read this book, but I kept <sighs> finding it. I, like, after two weeks... I would find it somewhere. So it took me a long time to read it, but I'm so glad I finished it. Um, I've seen him described in, in certain places as uh, a Southern goth, Gothic uh, Carmen, uh, Cormac McCarthy. Ooh. And that's exactly how you, that, that's exactly how he writes. It's a great way to describe his writing. Um, this specific story, it is like, it's this very lyrical, uh, also a little spare kind of story about a veteran of World War I, the Boring War, um, who uh, grieves the death of, of his young wife. And he's got this uncertain future ahead of him and his infant son uh, and journeying out of like the only place he's ever called home and a fire that is like right on his heels. But along on his travels, he's accompanied by this freaking angel who <gasps> won't leave him alone. And it's unclear why this angel is with him. Um, it's very simple, but it's very neat and clean. And uh, it, some of the, some authors just take like a million words to say one thing. Some authors say one thing with like, or, or say a million things with one word. That's what Josh Ritter is. And that's why I love him so much. So I think if you um, like really interesting landscapes and premises, you'll really like this book, Bright's Passage by Josh Ritter. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Um, okay, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And for you go, remember anytime you do any shopping on Amazon, make sure you go to amazon.com slash shop slash the podcast first. So you purchase these are our favorite link, our favorite item purchase using that link this week was. Jamie, this is a U-shaped toothbrush for kids. Okay, so this is like an auto toothbrush. So it's like a, you know, an electric toothbrush, but it's for kids because it's shaped like their teeth or like our teeth too. You <laughs> <laughs> Your teeth don't change. Okay. Yep, nope, it's all the same. It's same shape. shaped. It's for kids ages three to five. It says clinically proven to brush 26.6 times better. And I thought better than a four-year-old. Yes, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this one's a hippo. That makes me nervous because hippos eat children. So I don't love that. I think but they're vegetarians, actually. I think they're vegetarians. Are they? Yeah, I think they are. Okay. Can you I've fact check some, that? I need to, will you fact check if hippos are vegetarians? Um, but I will say it's got 3.9 stars out of five, 400 global ratings. Here's the issue that people have. It's $129. Oh, that's, oh, that's a lot. That's, that's a right. Lot. And so one question was, why are these 120? I, I'm 100% make it sound like my uncle. Yeah. Because that's mm-hmm. who, who wrote this. I know it. Uh, why are these 129 US dollars? They probably cost $2 to make. Well, it probably didn't cost $2 to make. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. It probably didn't. But my favorite answer was NS said, I bought mine on sale. They have them a few times a year. But I spend that on my toothbrush, if not more. So my kid's teeth are just as as important as mine. My four-year-old freaking loves it. So that's just like if you were looking for a U-shaped toothbrush. Yep. We've got one for you. A mouth-shaped one, arguably. That's right. All right, Erin, did you determine? Yeah, hippos are herbivores. Um, They occasionally feed on animal carcasses, but they are not, they don't eat humans. So occasionally they eat toddlers. Occasionally they eat kids. Toddlers aren't human. Okay. All right, you guys, um, don't forget, you can become a best friend of the show and get tons of premium content, including this week's The More You Know, where we discussed how we really feel about not recapping The Bachelor. We talked about Alec Baldwin charged with a crime. Channing Tatum wanting to remake Ghost to the weekend box office in the new trailers for Sharper and Dear Edward. So become a patron today. Go to knoxandjamie.com slash Patreon or click the link in the show notes. I'm Jamie Golden. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamie B. Golden. I'm Knox Coy. You can find me on socials at Knox McCoy. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.